Hey, everybody. Before we get into the show, I wanted to let you know we've got another live show coming up. We will be back at Maya Cinemas on Thursday, May 23rd for Furiosa, the latest in the Mad Max series. We are so excited for this one. Joining me to talk about it, we've got Sam Novak, Shahab Zargari, and Tony Gonzalez. A great lineup. It's going to be an awesome movie. We are so excited to talk about it. So make sure to check the show notes. There are opportunities to win tickets. You can also buy tickets. And we hope to see you there Thursday, May 23rd, 6 p.m. at Maya Cinemas for Furiosa. Welcome to Piecing It Together, the podcast where we take a look at a new movie and try to figure out what movies inspired it. And today on the show is another one of our uh, really long delayed episodes. We got two of these coming up here that we recorded way back in, I think, November. Um, But we've been holding on to them for a while. And uh, originally it was because uh, they ended up, they were leaving theaters and we were waiting for VOD releases. But then we had whole bunch of other movies and the oscars and new year and well now we're finally getting to these episodes so today we are going to be talking about overlord or as it was known for a little while on the internet cloverlord i mean when jj abrams is involved i mean there's really no telling what's going to happen with these movies um but it turns out that julius avery's uh world war ii nazi monster zombie movie (laughs) uh is not in fact a cloverfield movie but it is a really fun movie and we had a great time talking about it uh so that is the movie today uh but before we do jump into it i do want to make mention this is our 50th episode how crazy is that we just celebrated our one year anniversary last week and here we are at our 50th episode another amazing milestone Uh, I want to thank you all so much for being here with Piecing It Together, with me, and with all of our great co-hosts that we have on the show. Um, I hope you guys are all enjoying the show. We're going to keep doing it for you. And without any further ado, uh, let's jump into the conversation about Overlord with our returning co-host, Josh Bell. All right, so today on the show, we got back Josh Bell again. How you doing, Josh? I'm great and always happy to be here. Awesome. I'm always glad to have you here. Yeah. Well, today on the show, we're talking about Overlord, or as it was known for a little while on the internet, Cloverlord. (laughs) Um, (laughs) This is a movie that uh, I actually liked a lot more than I expected to. Um, And it, uh, it, it does a lot of things in a very fun ridiculous campy but very fun way yeah and i think i i also like this a little more than i thought i would even though i expected to like it Mm. but as much as it is fun and campy i think also like it it takes its time to really like develop characters and bring you into a story it's not just like here's crazy monsters for 90 minutes so i i like that about this yeah it also it does a great job of all of the characters getting their time like everybody's got their moment and it's like it's it's not always so well balanced, right. you know what I mean? It's it's a it's a great thing, a sign of a good uh, filmmaker, I think. When, yeah, when they're able to balance that, especially 
in the middle of a Nazi zombie action movie. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. So uh, with that said, we might as well jump right in. Uh, Overlord, what is your first puzzle piece? Uh, well, my first puzzle piece is Captain America, the first Avenger, uh, which is another pulpy genre movie mm-hmm. set during World War II. Uh, featuring a villain whose face is mangled um, (laughs) and who has a megalomaniacal desire to use the supernatural to raise the Nazis to power. Yes. Um, Yeah. So, I mean, obviously that's a Marvel movie and it's part of the whole cinematic universe. But but I think more than a lot of Marvel movies, or maybe until recently when they've kind of been doing this more, uh, that movie stands on its own because it's set in the past um, and it doesn't have, you know, appearances really, uh, I think until like the very end from other, you know, familiar Marvel characters. Right. And um, it has that kind of uh, pulpy tone to it. It's got the whole Captain America, like, you know, musical number where he's trying to get the people to buy war bonds. And uh, it's uh, directed by Joe Johnston, who made The Rocketeer, uh, which is another kind of Nazi killing. Uh, I think there are villains, Nazis in that movie. I think so. Yeah, it's uh. been a very long time since I saw that. <laughs> but, you know, it has that kind of pulp adventure tone. So yeah. I think this movie definitely uh, takes a lot from those uh, pulp serials while combining them with this more grindhouse, you know, 70s exploitation tone, uh, as well as the modern, you know, uh, mythology things are connected kind of thing. And that sure. goes back to the Marvel Universe, too, where even when a story stands alone, it has to hint at this like wider mm-hmm. world of things and it has to end with a with a stinger where you know something else is coming along sure. the way. Yeah, yeah. Um, but really, honestly, when I was just when I was watching the Nazi villain in this movie, whose name I've now forgotten. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's a great performance from uh, Pilu Aspek, mm-hmm. uh, who I think is on Game of Thrones and was also in Ghost in the Shell, which nobody saw or liked. Oh, yeah. Um, but I kind of I saw and kind of liked. But anyway, I, I kind of did too yeah. a little bit. <laughs> um, but he's great as a villain in this movie, and and the scene where you know you he emerges and his face is like blown away, and yeah. you see into his skull, and I was like, that's the red skull right there. <laughs> uh, so yeah. Well, I, I'm gonna lose a little nerd cred and then keep a little nerd okay. cred. But uh, the losing part is. This is so weird, but out of all the Marvel movies, the only ones I haven't seen are the first Thor and first Captain America. Oh, and so man. I've never actually seen it. And you just yeah. said there's a musical number. I'm like, what? yeah, it's it's yeah. <laughs> it's a fu- it's a fun movie, and it's the kind of movie that I mean, I guess if you've seen all the other ones, it doesn't matter. But yeah. if you haven't, yeah, you could just go in and enjoy that kind of again, that like pulp adventure serial tone. Yeah, that it it does. I think pretty well. That's so cool. yeah, I, I like it. I mean, and it's very different from the later, the like second and third Captain America movies that are all about the connections right. and they've got this kind of dark Avengers. conspiracy tone. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not like that at all. Right on. Um, well, yeah, that, that's, you know what? Going into my first puzzle piece, uh, your talk of the villain is a perfect setup because yeah. um, I thought the exact same thing about his reveal was, was so, so great. Because it reminded me of Army of Darkness and yeah. Evil Ash. You yeah. Know? And so that's my first puzzle piece is uh is Evil Ash and Army of Darkness, um, which uh is just a, just such a fun zombie-ish movie. You yeah. know what I mean? Which is what I, I felt like this movie was kind of even even in its heavier parts, even it it's just very fun. Like the the action sequences are really well staged and um 
and the villain is just so over the top, you know, and I'm, I'm going to end up talking about him some more in some of my future puzzle pieces here, but yeah. uh, Army of Darkness is the first one. Yeah, uh, I haven't seen Army of Darkness in a very long time, but um, I think, uh, and I know you're a huge Evil Dead fan oh, and Bruce yeah. Campbell fan, and Bruce Campbell has that kind of like old pulp yeah. serial he hero could have been in this movie. he could have he absolutely yeah. could have been like the grizzled sergeant or whatever yeah. in this movie i think it, he would have fit in perfectly yeah <laughs> um so my next pick is another world war ii film it's uh quentin tarantino's inglorious bastards that was on my list too. Um, yeah which i think is a very obvious influence on this movie uh is is another movie that kind of rewrites history yeah uh in a different kind of way obviously but but takes the very serious evil villainy of nazis and turns it into this crazy over-the-top exploitation film thing uh i mean in that movie obviously it's rewritten so that we can the you know jews can triumph and we can yeah. we can win world war ii way earlier yeah than really happened and here we're rewriting history so that the nazis have zombies yeah but in both in both movies i think you're in a way like the filmmakers are are taking power away from real nazis by turning them into these figures of total absurdity right um and <laughs> you know inglorious bastards has the over-the-top fun performances he's got brad pit um and you know you see bokeem woodbine at the beginning of this movie kind of barking orders in yep. a similar way oh, yeah. um the nazi villain you know christoph waltz who of course is fantastic in yeah. glorious bastards and really sells that like pure pure evil with no redeeming qualities yeah. whatsoever yeah um so yeah that's a a fun movie is not always and glorious bastards isn't always fun and it's really really long yeah um but this is movie is like i think you fit two of these movies into inglorious two overlords into inglorious sure, bastards absolutely yeah. yeah there's a lot happening in inglorious bastards yeah um, but yeah all the things you you just said are things that i was thinking as well because yeah a, a definite definite influence on this movie especially the rewriting history and all yeah. that um yeah so no that's that's a great one um, my next puzzle piece is my biggest puzzle piece, and that is the video game series Wolfenstein 3D. Yeah. Uh, if this movie was a Wolfenstein, it would be officially the best video game movie ever made. <laughs> uh, it's a shame it's not, kind yeah. of. But uh, yeah, it's basically the same story. I mean, obviously, video games aren't always super fleshed out in their stories. But if you were to flesh out what's happening in that game series, it's this. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's the it's it's zombie Nazis and breaking into the uh, castle, a literal castle, where all of the uh, experimentation and the monsters are coming from. Right. Um, it, it, it's so perfectly set up in the same way as the Wolfenstein series. Yeah, and I'm I'm not like a video gamer at all. I think the only experience I have with Wolfenstein is the like PC version from like, you know, what the late 80s or something mm -hmm. like that, and so I'm not that familiar with it, but I definitely saw a lot of those references uh, in reviews and things that that I read and um and I think this movie even though obviously not officially based on a video game kind of feels like a movie that could be based on a video exactly, game. Yeah. Um, and, and like you said, would definitely be the best one <laughs> yeah. because it takes that kind of quest narrative and the big bad boss guy that yep. you have to beat before, you know, and you have to beat his underlings first and yep. all that kind of stuff and really graphs a good story onto it with interesting characters that yeah. you like care about and want to root for. Yeah. yeah. By the way, a uh, quick uh, David Rosen trivia piece, yes. but my very first computer, the guy at the store hooked me up with Wolfenstein 3D, oh, man. and it, it had just come out at the time, and it was just like the coolest thing. Yeah, and that <laughs> set you on your path. Oh, yeah, and here I am making a podcast <laughs> right. uh, 30 years later. <laughs> 
Um, so my next uh, piece is uh, something a little more grounded. Uh, it's uh, Saving Private Ryan. Okay. And um, this movie, uh, Overlord, opens with, and if you do, if you came into this movie not knowing what it was, is a oh. long stretch of time where you might think that this is just a regular old war movie. Yeah. I mean, a good one. Yeah. But just a historical kind of action-oriented drama. And it opens with this very intense scene of the main soldier characters getting airdrops into into France and things are chaotic and they're being shot at and, you know, they're about to die at all times and they're being yelled at. They have to follow orders. And that very much reminds me of the storming the beach uh, scene in Saving Private Ryan, where it just puts you right in the middle of the, like, terror of just being a soldier. And these guys are all really young and they've never experienced anything like that. I think the main character here talks about how, you know, he was just at home and then all of a sudden he got a letter and now he's here on this plane uh, jumping into enemy territory. Yeah. And how did that even happen? It's so, very intense. Yes. Very, very intense. Uh, that I also wanted to mention that that actor, I thought he was really good. Uh, yeah. Jo- Joven Adepo. I, yeah. I don't know if I've known him from anything else. I think um, he was in Fences, I want to say. Oh, really? He had a small part in Fences. Okay. Yeah. Right on. Yeah. No, I thought he did a really great job in yeah. this movie. Um you know, it, these characters could have very easily been very cookie cutter. And I, I think that he just really gave that character a lot to uh, to care about. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I think even the, the supporting actors uh, were good in this movie. And some of these soldiers who by the necessity of what kind of movie this is, they they get killed pretty early on. Yeah, yeah. But, but even that, there's the character who talks about he's going to uh, write a book or whatever. And even though it's just like one basic character trait, you remember like, oh, that's that guy yeah. when he gets killed versus like, oh, who was that? Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's, that's hard to do <laughs> oh, in a yeah. movie like this. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna stay with that opening sequence yeah. for my next puzzle piece, and I'm gonna go with Edge of Tomorrow. Oh yeah, um, yeah. Which that opening sequence of the plane getting shot up and them all having the emergency, it, those are two of the most like intense of that kind of a scene that yeah. I think I've seen in a long time. Yeah. Um, and it, that movie, Edge of Tomorrow, has kind of become a bit of a cult hit. I think they're finally going to do a sequel, supposedly. Yeah, yeah we'll um, see. You know, we'll see how that goes. But, um, but yeah, no, that 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 opening though, which is then repeated through Edge of Tomorrow, is like so super intense. And I think that this and this scene was kind of like the uh, the main feature of of the uh, the trailer as well. It is really kind of what sold the movie on that intensity. And uh, I I was. Kind of surprised to see it really hold up once you're seeing it in the theater. Right. Um. It, you know, it wasn't just the trailer. It was like it just kept you in there, and it kept going, and it was like, damn, this is uh, <laughs> you know, this is pretty heavy duty. You know? Yeah, it really draws you in right away. Yeah. There's no waiting around for things to get going. Yeah. Like it's there from the start. And and again, even though it takes a long time to get to the supernatural elements, mm-hmm. there's already so much happening. Yeah. So much excitement and suspense that even if you didn't get to those elements, I think you could still probably end up with a pretty good war yeah, movie. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, well, uh, what's your next puzzle piece? Uh, okay, so go- going back to kind of the pulpy, uh, you know, Saturday morning serial type films, mm-hmm. uh, my next picks are uh, the two Indiana Jones movies where he fights Nazis, uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark and Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, um, neither of which take place actually during the war. I think both of them take place before the war actually Sounds begins, right. during yeah. the like the rise of Nazis. But the Nazis in those movies 
have basically the same goal as the Nazis in this movie, which is finding ancient secrets in order to give themselves a supernatural edge over... Or, or finding the slusho from the Cloverfield movies. Is that what you mean? Um, <laughs> we're not there yet. Um, okay. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, uh, searching out uh, the Ark of the Covenant or searching out the Holy Grail because they believe it will it will imbue them with some powers that will then... Uh, sort of fulfill the promise of the Third Reich yeah. and uh, allow them to take over the world. And the lone, you know, guy with American grit has to go against <laughs> yeah. them. And I mean, the main character here is not, obviously he's not Indiana Jones and he's a soldier, yeah. but he's definitely somebody who is presented as kind of like an ordinary guy who has to then kind of pull on these reserves of courage and, and that he didn't know that he had right. in order to overcome this insane threat. Um, and it also has this, this kind of like adventure, uh, you don't ever know what's ha- going to happen kind of tone. And there's a bit comic booky uh, that those Indiana Jones movies really have. Sure. Maybe not as much humor. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. I, I had uh, Indiana Jones down as well, and I just wanted to add to that the end escape scene, uh, escape scene. Yeah, reminded me of a lot of like Indiana Jones type of situation. Right. There was a lot. Of, there might have even been like swinging and stuff. Like, I yeah, don't, I don't yeah. I think There's you may be right. Just yeah. A lot of fun yeah. in that end escape, which yeah. which was a, a a cool a cool end. You know right. I mean? To the movie, it, it added a lot to it. I thought. Yeah, yeah, it did. It's a lot of uh, you know a lot of fun and suspense and kind of that that thrill ride sense. Sure. Of like this could be like you know a motion ride at, at Disneyland or whatever, <laughs> yeah. but not in a bad way. I think some no. movies come out yeah. like that, and you're like, why is this even a movie? Why yeah. am I sitting still in a seat while I watch this? I think that's. I might have said the exact same thing during the Nun. Uh, yeah. During our Nun episode, <laughs> that it felt like in all the worst ways, like right. a, like a theme park ride. Where yeah. This is fun. Yeah, yeah. This movie is a lot of fun. I mean, we've said that no. multiple times, yeah. but I think that is is an <laughs> accurate description of it. So uh, my next puzzle piece. Um, so I feel like uh, it, it, maybe I'm missing something. I don't know. I didn't like read a lot of reviews or anything after the fact. But to me, the zombies didn't really have uh, much of a metaphor for anything or anything like that. They're just straight up just screen villains. Uh, and, and I never really found much... Uh, in the 28 Days Later series to, uh, to like, place on the zombies. I just felt like it was just kind of like, eh, it's just a zombie movie. And I kind of got a, a, a feel for them from that series, kind of, where it's, like, just these, like, zombies out to get people. Right, where yeah. you, don't, you don't need, like, a big statement about right. anything. It's it, just these exactly. zombies. It's just scary creatures. Right, right. You know what I mean? I mean, we and we obviously we like we have actual Nazis in this movie, so we don't need the zombies to be like a metaphor for Nazis, right? Because they're right there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, metaphorical zombie Nazis aren't, right. aren't as fun as regular. Zombies. No, no. I mean, I think if there's any subtext going back to like Inglorious Bastards, there's you know the idea that. Uh, I mean, we have uh, one character, the kind of New Yorker character, who I assume is Jewish. Maybe that's I'm being stereotypical about that. But but <laughs> well, even I think, him- I think his name was Rosenfeld. There so, you go. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So you've got that going, and obviously our main character, even though it's never really mentioned, is you know is African American, and so you've got these minority characters who are sticking it to the Nazis. Sure. I mean, I think that's a pretty basic yeah. uh, message, if you will, okay. uh, that's coming across in this movie. Yeah, that works. Absolutely. <laughs> um, so my next pick is actually sort of a stand-in for 
other movies that I have not seen and I didn't want to like pick things that I actually hadn't seen. Okay. Um, so one thing that I have seen though is Werewolf Women of the SS, which isn't even an actual movie, but is a fake trailer in Grindhouse uh, directed by Rob Zombie. And that movie is very explicitly influenced by the 70s Nazi exploitation genre, mm-hmm. which is not something I'm super familiar with, but seems like a very obvious influence here. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, what is it? Uh, Ilsa She-Wolf of the SS, I think is the actual <laughs> yeah. movie right, that, yeah. that is the most well known and that Rob Zombie is referencing there. But, you know, the idea of Nazis kind of partnering with or creating supernatural creatures. And this movie does have, even though it's polished and it has a good budget, it it does have a kind of grindhouse feel to it, you know, where I could see, and I don't know, I guess maybe they didn't do this with the trailers, but I could absolutely see this being a kind of movie where they'd make a fake, you know, sort of 70s style trailer with film grain on it and things like that. I mean, I think J.J. Abrams has probably an affinity for that kind of thing, Um, you know, and he's a producer here, although not the director. Yeah. Or the writer, but clearly has an influence here. Um, so yeah, I mean that's that's the only one of those that I've watched, and I think some of those movies, like like Ilsa She Wolf, and there's a few others, are the kind of movies that are like more entertaining as titles than they are as actual movies to like mm-hmm. sit down and watch for ninety minutes. Yeah. Um, but taking that kind of trash and making it a little bit more polished is, exactly. is what this movie is going for. That you know that's exactly what I was about to say about Grindhouse itself the yeah, movie you right. know uh, it, because that's a puzzle piece I had written down and it's it's taking uh taking inspiration from all those schlocky Grindhouse movies but actually making something a little more polished and a little bit more of like a big movie and that that's uh it's a cool thing to do because it's it it's kind of plays into exactly uh, what we talk about here on the show with taking inspiration from right. the things that have come before, you right. know, right. and uh, and the whole grindhouse formula. It's something that uh, allows you to go back there, but then do something a little different each time. Right, know? right. Yeah. yeah. And I think, I mean, there are a lot of filmmakers and we, you know, we just talked about Tarantino who, well, you obviously Grindhouse as well, yeah, yeah. you know, who have made a career in a way out of like taking all of this quote unquote crap that they maybe, you know, right. consumed in their younger days and and synthesizing it into something more artistically ambitious. Yeah. And that has something more to say. Yeah. And you know But that still knows what it is and still has fun with it right. at the same time. Right, so. right. Sometimes I think it can get away from people who do that, especially maybe Quentin Tarantino. Sure. Um, but this movie is not like trying to be profound exactly exactly yeah no that this movie is just going for thrills and scares and action and uh and yeah (laughs) right and is and is succeeding at that exactly yeah exactly um well sticking with quentin tarantino okay uh my next pick is uh from dusk till dawn okay uh which is a movie that like this movie starts out appearing to be one kind of thing a more kind of grounded genre although still a suspense thrilling actiony kind of thing and then halfway through all of a sudden you're like wait a minute yeah <laughs> this is actually a vampire movie right and and you know again also like overlord i think no one went into From Dust Till Dawn not knowing that because of sure. the way that it was marketed. Yeah. But if somehow, and maybe now because it's years later and people aren't, I think that's sort of a forgotten movie, really. Um, if you suddenly came across it and were like, oh, what is this movie with George Clooney in it? Yeah. And didn't know, you would be shocked yeah. at 
suddenly in the middle of that movie stumbling on a vampire movie. Um, and here too, if someone sees Overlord someday in the future and they don't know anything about it, all of a sudden the zombies are there in the middle of it after we've had this war movie. You know, it's a shift, but it's a shift that, I mean, at least here, I think that that works. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't feel like you've just like taken a detour in a total into a totally separate realm. It feels like an outgrowth of what what has already happened. And I know it's been a very long time since I saw it from Dust Till Dawn. I don't uh-huh. know if it works as well, right. but it does that same kind of thing. I think part of the reason it works so well here is because uh, it, if they weren't zombies, it still works as a, uh, you know, soldiers that are stranded, you know, breaking their way into the enemy territory. You right. Know? And so it, it, it works on multiple levels in that way. And yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's it that's a really good puzzle piece i like it because uh yeah uh definitely from dust till dawn was another movie where it's like i can't even imagine if you didn't know going into it like it right. was pretty wild right yeah, yeah. it's and a weird experience and and that movie has like two like direct to video sequels i that, think like three maybe. oh maybe and there you go a series I think, oh yeah so. then it was a tv series and yeah. i'm sure none of those have like that same amount of like twist like once you get to the sequels and that you're you just got vampires yeah yeah. you know and so i feel like if they made a sequel to overlord where it was just like nazi zombies the whole time it would be less exciting right exactly yeah you, you it, absolutely i agree yeah <laughs> well uh so for my next puzzle piece uh I'm going to actually combine two movies, and mm-hmm. I'm taking it back to our villain again. Okay. Like I said, I said I was going to be talking about him a little more. Um, I'm going to combine Event Horizon and Wonder Woman. Okay. Because I think this villain is uh, a, a, a almost like a combination of the villains of those two movies. And like this just very ridiculous, over-the-top, power-hungry, cartoonish kind of villain, but f- like really... Really well done, though. You yeah, know I mean? yeah, yeah. The yeah, villain in this like, movie was great. Yeah, he 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 takes this like he takes the power of of the, of the ooze or whatever it is that, yeah. that he's uh, getting that injected with. Ninja the Turtles serum. movie, I yeah, think, right? is the title of that. <laughs> I, I might as well add Ninja Turtles yeah, to this yeah. as well. Um, but yeah, no, uh, and taking it and he's just like it's such an over the top like fun way that and and. That's always what I felt about those two movies mm-hmm. is that those villains they just ham it up so much. But yeah, in, in this movie, I would say like like he kind of keeps it a little bit uh, more in line with with the uh, with the overall feeling of the film, where it's not he's not like totally overdoing it or anything like that. But it's still it's like such a such a villain, you know what I mean? Right, just a straight villain, villain. Right, you know? everything he does is just like purposely to be awful, yeah. like. Uh, gratuitously yeah. bad. Like he could do things yeah. and accomplish his goals in like a less cruel way. Yeah. But he just doesn't want to. Yeah, he's got to be evil. <laughs> yes. And I think he lets out a couple of like those like supervillain laughs. You're right. Even, you know right. I mean? yeah. yeah. You know. Yeah. Which is just great. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's a great performance and is very good. And I, you know, that actor is now going to be stuck playing bad guys for a while. I Probably. think because people Probably. see him as such a terrible person. Um. So I only have one more left, and I was kind of waiting to see if you would say this, but I'll just say it, and okay. it's Cloverfield. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I did not have that as – I have one left, too, but uh, I did not have that as a puzzle piece. I just figured we'd just kind of work it in wherever we could. Right. But, but sure, absolutely, let's keep it in there as a puzzle piece. I mean, 
obviously, as as I think you mentioned, there was a lot of talk, and maybe even it was meant to be at some point that this was going to be a Cloverfield movie, yeah. which it turned out not to be. Yeah, and JJ says that it never was. Yeah, so, but who knows but, if you yeah, can trust knows? anything that he says. Exactly. Um, yeah. But but either way, obviously, it is produced by J.J. Abrams, mm-hmm. and it has that sort of sense, like I was talking about with Marvel movies and Captain America, of like there's a larger world yeah. kind of outside the reaches of this movie that our characters are are hinting at yes. or whatever. And even though Cloverfield is a very different kind of movie stylistically, I mean, it's a yeah. found footage movie and it takes place in the present day. Um, it's also a movie that starts with like regular characters kind of doing regular-ish things, you know, where it takes time for you to get to know these people as people before the crazy supernatural stuff starts happening. There's a lot of escapes and running in that movie. Um, And and a a, a big monster that no one, I mean, in that movie that no one really understands. Um, I mean, in here, and I think you alluded to the the slusho, the idea that like they say like, well, there's something beneath the town and they never really explain what it is or where it came from. Some kind of ooze. Right, but the ooze (laughs) has allowed them to create these zombie monster things yeah and and just like in cloverfield we never find out where that monster came from or why it showed up or whatever it's just like there's a monster yeah um (laughs) so uh, you gotta play the arg game and then you'll find okay yeah i mean i mean right and for all i know there's one for overlord too um but but yeah i mean i think jj abrams loves and and i mean and maybe this even also goes to the way that this movie starts as one thing and becomes a different thing is that jj abrams loves fucking with you and making you think something is one thing and then revealing that it's actually this other thing. You know, we think that this is this movie, but oh wait, it's a Cloverfield movie. You know, this is a World War II movie, but oh wait, it's a zombie movie. Um, You know, they're on on an island. Oh no, wait, it's purgatory. Um, So yeah, I think that, and it can be annoying in some of the things that he works on, but mm-hmm. I mean, here I, I obviously I liked it. I thought it worked. I had a silly fan theory that uh, that the 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 surprise this time around is that not until after it's out would he say, "Oh yeah, by the way, it really was." <laughs> yeah. But retroactively, yeah, retroactively, like, he's just gonna go back and be like, "Here's a list of things that I worked on yeah. in the past. They're mm-hmm. all now Cloverfield." Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That, that's that's totally uh, JJ. Yeah. Um, another thing though to add to uh, Cloverfield as a puzzle piece is. Um, I, you know, and this depends on how much you like Cloverfield. To me, I, I love that movie. Like, I like I, it too. Really yeah. Do. Yeah. And um, to me, it's like kind of an elevation of the found footage genre, which yeah. most of those movies are pretty dreadful. Yeah. Whereas uh, a, a lot of zombie movies are pretty terrible too. Sure. Um, and so th- this is definitely uh, aiming higher with the genre. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it is. It is. And I think that's. Yeah, like we were saying, it's it's a it's a more polished version, but it's not trying to be like a big statement or sure. you know, it's still a fun, entertaining, thrill ride kind of movie. Absolutely. Um, so I only have one more puzzle piece, and it is actually this is the first time I've ever had this. It is a guest puzzle piece from my dad. <laughs> <laughs> all right. And uh, so I, I don't have all of his background. Did info Did he on record it. a message that we're going to hear? Yeah, I'm going to pull out the recorder now. No, I just oh, I just, I just have right. it written down. Fair enough. Um, but no, it's Reanimator. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he he thought that all of the uh, all of the uh, people that are being experimented on inside the Nazi base inside yeah. the castle reminded him of Reanimator and uh, the half people and all that, and uh, the people with uh, you know limbs missing and everything, and sure. they're like, hooked up to machines and everything like that. Yeah, um, which I thought was a pretty good one, and so yeah. I figured I'd bring it up. You know? Yeah, no, I think that makes sense. It's, I have you know it's been a long time, and I don't remember enough detail about Reanimator. Mm. I actually like when I was looking online to get some ideas i saw several references to that but then i didn't write it down because i thought like i can't speak to it sure well enough but obviously it's something that that other people saw as well right on yeah very cool i'll have to tell my dad he's uh there you go he's he, on the money he's right <laughs> all right so let's do the finished puzzle uh, these are all the movies we just discussed and that includes captain america the first avenger army of darkness and glorious bastards wolfenstein 3d Saving Private Ryan, Edge of Tomorrow, Indiana Jones, 28 Days Later, Werewolf Women of the SS and Grindhouse, From Dust Till Dawn, Event Horizon, Wonder Woman, Cloverfield, and Reanimator. Um, a lot of great movies on this list. Yeah. Um, a lot of uh, a lot of genre in here as well. Sure. Uh, which this is very much a celebration of all things genre, kind mm-hmm. of. Um, so yeah, any we both seem to love this movie. Any any closing thoughts or any other things about it that we didn't get to mention? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I think we mentioned you know the like the performances. We talked about the villain a lot, but but all the performances in this movie are strong. Even yeah. the the sort of secondary characters who just have a few little moments so i i think for a movie like this that really helps because yeah. it's over the top and it could be silly but if you have actors who can make the characters feel like real people then that that makes a big difference sure. um yeah the other thing is i think this movie didn't do that well and i think that's a bummer because it yeah. it's a fun movie it's the kind of movie that i feel like audiences would like and maybe it just was released in the wrong week or it wasn't marketed as well as it could have been or i don't know what the reason is but i hope people will rediscover this one on home video if they missed it because anybody who likes zombie movies who likes action who likes horror who likes all these different genres that this movie mashes up i think will really like this movie i think we're seeing uh the zombie genre kind of falling by the wayside yeah you know people are zombied out and i think that's probably part of what led to it not doing so well but yeah i don't know i, I wish it had um you know what one last thing i wanted to mention i'd written down one of the things i like so much about the movie is it's a a mix of zombie action war adventure horror a little bit of comedy even just all rolled into one yeah you know and uh to balance all that all at once is you know quite uh i think achievement really you know there's so many different genres all being thrown together and mixing together in a way that works yeah i think we should mention the director i don't know if we have julie julius avery Avery. i mean i think jj abrams like throws these crazy ass ideas out and then somebody has to realize it another reason i thought it was going to be a cloverfield because that seems to be his thing is getting a director that hasn't really done much before right and and then taking him and giving him a big budget yeah yeah but i think he avery he handles that really well and maybe you know not everyone who made you know one little feature yeah. can t- suddenly take on something like this but yeah. he, he did a good job of it i'm looking forward to seeing what he does yeah absolutely um all right well uh josh you got anything you want to recommend and then also you want to plug where we can find you uh well where you can find me uh as always on social media you can follow me on twitter at signal bleed uh on facebook at josh bell hates everything 
Go to joshbellhateseverything.com for my random musings, uh, musings about whatever I feel like musing about. Uh, you can catch me on Channel 13 here in Las Vegas on uh, Fridays at 11.15 uh, in the morning and Sundays at 6.30 p.m. Uh, and as far as recommendations, I think uh, going with the kind of pulp genre theme, I'm going to recommend the new season of Mystery Science Theater 3000, right. uh, which is recently-ish, depending on when this is out, uh, premiered on Netflix. I've always been a big Mystery Science Theater fan going back many, many years. And I think when they had this sort of reboot-ish version, I was not sure how that it would go. But I've been really enjoying it. Um, I think the first season that they did was really funny. And all the people, uh, Jonah uh, Jonah Ray and Hampton Yount and Baron Vaughn, Las Vegas represent, uh, nice. have done a really good job of stepping in uh, as the riffers. Mm-hmm. And this new season, I've actually only seen two out of the six episodes episodes so far this season, but I've enjoyed them both. And I liked that in this season, I just watched the episode where they, they talked, uh, Atlantic Rim, which is a, a an asylum movie nice. ripoff of Pacific Rim. Nice. And one thing I was a little disappointed in in the first Netflix season was that they still kept with movies mainly from like the 70s and, and early to mid 80s. Um, and there's so much crap that's oh, recent sure. that deserves this treatment. And so I was glad they got at least one of those in here. So I'm looking forward to watching the rest of the season. Atlantic Rim. Yeah. Yeah. No, I haven't watched any of the new episodes. I, I, I really should. I used to love that show. Yeah. So it's much. a lot of fun, yeah. the new version. And and I mean, I think there's a bunch of old ones on Netflix and in various other places, but um, the new ones are, I, I think they live up to my, you know, childhood memories of watching those old ones. I definitely will laugh a lot watching yeah. these new episodes. Well, sounds awesome. And uh, hey, as always, thanks again for being here. Man. Yeah, thanks for having me. Hello, and welcome to Scream Scene. The horror movie podcast where we watch every horror movie ever made in chronological order, then rank them from best to worst. Your dedicated hosts, Sarah and Ben, bring you a new episode each week, covering the history of film through a horror lens. From silent to sound and black and white to color, and the social and cultural context surrounding them. Scream Scene is your well-researched, in-depth, and respectful dive into the horror movies of old. Join us, Creatures of the Night, by subscribing to Scream Scene on iTunes. And visit our website, ScreamScenePodcast.tumblr.com. You'll be dying to subscribe. (laughs) That's pretty bad. It'll be a hell of a good time. Better? It'll lift your spirits. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so that does it for today's episode on Overlord. I really hope you guys checked out that movie. I mean... Based on the box office, I don't think you did in the theater, but it's out on VOD now. It's out on Blu-ray. Please go see it, because it is a lot of fun. Uh, And, of course, hopefully you went and saw it before you listened to this episode. But if you're one of those people that listens first, hey, whatever. I'm just glad you're listening. Uh, So, yeah, that's the end of episode 50 of Piecing It Together. Thank you all so much for being here for the show and just being along for this ride. Um, if you're not already, you can subscribe on your podcast app of choice. Wherever you're listening to this, click subscribe. If it happens to be Apple Podcasts, you can rate and review us. Um, five stars would be incredible. But let us know what you think of the show. 
And uh, you can also follow us on social media at PiecingPod. You can join our Facebook group, Piecing It Together, a movie discussion group. You can sign up for our mailing list over on PiecingPod.com and check out that new episode search feature that I've been telling you guys about where you can uh, filter all of the episodes we've done by what movies we talked about on the episode. Uh, it's a really cool, fun feature that lets you find movies that you might be interested in watching and episodes you might be interested in listening to. And also, uh, so far, no winners in our big uh, one-year anniversary contest we got going on in the Piecing It Together movie discussion group. So head on in there, join if you haven't yet, and check out the header image and look for the 28 movies hidden in the pile of puzzle pieces. We're giving away a $20 Fandango gift card, so make sure you do that. It's uh, pretty cool. I put a lot of work into it. <laughs> and uh, so far we've gotten some some guesses that have gotten to like, I don't know, 10, 10 or 12 movies, but nobody's been able to find all 28 so far. So if it's you, you're winning a gift card. So, with that being said, let's leave you guys with a piece of music. What kind of zombie music do I got? I know I got a lot. I've done music for a lot of zombie-related things. I got one that's pretty cool. This is actually from a web series that I scored got like six, seven years ago, maybe even a little longer. Uh, my friend Doug Farah directed it. It's called Vitamin Z. And uh, it was like a eight-episode zombie web series. And I did the music for most of the series. And this piece was a pretty big uh, centerpiece of the second-to-last episode. And uh, it's pretty awesome. It doesn't have a exact title or anything like that but um it is a piece from vitamin z so enjoy it and we'll be back next week with another episode maybe even another two episodes like this week uh, we got a lot to do so um we'll be back with a lot more piecing it together thanks for listening
and all points west. 